On this episode of Penn Plaza New York Rangers podcast, I will discuss Gerard Gallant and his firing from the New York Rangers, as well as the new coaching search and some potential candidates they might have there. We'll also talk about Artemi Panarin and his performance in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the seven-game elimination by the New Jersey Devils. And we will dive into Alexei Lafreniere and Capo Caco, the contract situation with Lafreniere, and will the Rangers actually consider moving one of them? So stay tuned. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first, the inaugural episode of Penn Plaza New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Azoff, where you got a lot to talk about, especially at the start of the NHL uh, offseason for the New York Rangers, at least. They are unfortunately eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. We got the conference finals officially set with the Hurricanes facing the Panthers and the Knights. They will be taking on the Dallas Stars after the Stars just beat the Kraken in Game 7 yesterday. It was a great hockey game if you guys watched that. But this is a Rangers podcast, and unfortunately the Rangers are on the golf course right now. There is a lot to talk about, though, around that franchise, especially after the quick hook for Gerard Gallant. Gallant had over 100 points in both seasons with the New York Rangers, took him to the conference final last season where they lost in six against the Tampa Bay Lightning and had 107 points this year where they ultimately lost in seven games in the first round to the New Jersey Devils. When you look at Gallant's tenure, we have made a lot about his history, right? We made a lot about, oh, he has a history with teams where he will continue to regress year after year. He hasn't lasted more than three years with a single franchise. But when you look at what he did with the Rangers, there was two very good seasons. I think that the 2-0 series lead against Tampa followed up by a 2-0 series lead against Jersey where both series saw the Rangers lose in uh, six and then seven games was probably the reason that he is ousted from Broadway. This is not a situation where the New York Rangers have time to waste. They're in their current window, at least the window that they believe this team has. You can talk about the roster, the way it's constructed all you want. You could talk about their 5v5 play, which we probably will talk about a little later in this episode. You can talk about the fact that they are not as deep or you know, not as good at utilizing and developing their prospects as some other teams, but this is their Stanley Cup window. There's no doubt about it. When you have a goaltender like Igor Shesterkin, that is the situation that you're going to find yourself in. Uh, regardless of how good your team plays in front of him, he will give you a chance to win every night. We saw that throughout the Devil Series, I think, until, you know, the end of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, where Bobrovsky might have overtaken Shesterkin. Shesterkin led the NHL in goals saved above expected even though he played significantly fewer games than some of the other people. He was just that good over the seven-game series against the Devils, which the Rangers wound up squandering. I don't think the Devils beat the Rangers necessarily. I think the Rangers failed to capitalize on some of their chances. They got stonewalled by Akira Schmid. Uh, we saw in the second round against Carolina that Akira Schmid's run was over, and he did not perform up to the level that he did against the New York Rangers, but the Rangers also allowed him to perform to that level by not creating the chances that were needed to score. When they did win, they won in dominating fashion, and when they lost, they looked disinterested, and that seemed to be a problem. Last year, when they were eliminated in six after going up 2-0 against the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. But back to the coaching situation, Gerard Glan obviously is let go. He was pretty successful during his time with the Rangers, but that success didn't yield the ultimate trophy, and that is why he is no longer there. And there are a couple of very interesting candidates. I wrote an article for the Hockey Writers that mentioned a few of them. The Rangers seem to be 
heading towards the retread option, which I think might be a mistake. I look at somebody like a Chris Knobloch, who's their coach at Hartford right now, and that seems to be the guy that I would want coaching that team. He seems to have a grasp on the youth. He is a younger coach, somebody that might have a fresh voice that would incorporate some analytics as well. And he, he seems to be the guy that could mix in the kids with the veterans the best right now. When you look at some of the other veteran options, I know the name Mike Babcock's been thrown out, the name Peter Laviolette's been thrown out. It's it's tough to see how either one of those coaches takes this team in a different direction than what Gerard Gallant uh, did with his time in the Blue Shirts organization. So Laviolette probably is the best retread option when I look at it. He's won the Stanley Cup with three different teams. He's lost the Stanley Cup with all uh, with two of the three. He won with Carolina back in 2006. But uh, I mentioned in my article that I wrote for the hockey writers that there has not been a coach outside of Stan Bowman who won with multiple organizations since 1945. The other two were Dick Irvin, and I'm blanking on the other name, but those were both pre-1945. So since that time, Stan Bowman is the only one to win a Stanley Cup with two organizations. So clearly the retread option has not worked, right? I know that Mike Sullivan, who is currently the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, doesn't seem to be somebody who will be on the market. But if he were to be let go, I don't see any situation in which the Rangers don't swoop in and and pick him up and use him as their next head coach. Uh, Mike Sullivan was with the organization. He was an assistant coach with Lane Vigneault. And obviously he left for Pittsburgh, won two Stanley Cups. And I'm not saying that he would have won Stanley Cups if he was hired as the coach of the New York Rangers because the Rangers didn't have Crosby and they didn't have Malkin and they didn't have some of that supporting cast. But at the same time, He's very clearly a great head coach. He's kind of become stagnant with Pittsburgh. That team hasn't gotten past the first round, and this year they did not even make the playoffs. So a change could be coming there, although he did sign an extension, so it seems unlikely. But Mike Sullivan certainly would be atop the list if he is an option. Laviolette, like I mentioned, certainly isn't a terrible choice, but I don't see how they grow with Laviolette as the head coach. Uh, Chris Knobloch, to me, would be the guy. I think that when you look at his track record of coaching, he was an assistant coach with the Flyers. He's had success down in Hartford. Uh, he's been with some of these young players. You know, he coached Edel for a little bit down in Hartford. He coached Braden Schneider when he was with the Wolfpack. He's had that success with them, developing them, getting them ready to shine at the NHL level. Edel was sent down after he already was an NHL regular to start the season. Played with Knobloch, got confidence, came back up, and he's taken off ever since. He's probably played the best hockey over the last two seasons that was resulting in a new contract for him. So clearly Knobloch has his finger on the youth. He's got the pulse. Um, he's got the team ready to play, and he knows how to develop them. And in a situation where the Rangers' future lies heavily in that quote-unquote kid line, they need somebody who can tap into their full potential and mix them in well with the veteran mix that they have there. So when you're looking at that situation, Knobloch seems to be the guy for it. Analytically, the Rangers need to improve in their analytics. I know that I'm not the biggest proponent of analytics on social media. I think there's a lot more that goes into a game than just the statistics that are pulled from it. But when you look at the Rangers analytically, they are a poor hockey team, especially at five on five. And that doesn't you know, just improve overnight. That's some coaching decisions. That's a mix of players wanting to get to the gritty areas, do the little things that it takes to win. And that's something that the Rangers have not done yet. So looking at that, I think that we have to improve in that area. And doing so would mean hiring somebody who's got that perspective and touch on the game. And to me, that all points to Chris Knobloch.
So Knobloch to me would be the choice. But moving towards next season, there's also a lot of free agents. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko, who was brought over at the deadline, is a unrestricted free agent that I don't believe will be a price tag the Rangers can match. Patrick Kane, same situation. I'm not sure what deal he will be willing to take, but he didn't have the impact he was expected to when he got brought over at the deadline from the Blackhawks. He was battling a bad hip, which was known at the time of the acquisition. It seemed to be a little bit of a detriment on his game come the postseason. And maybe, you know, he takes a team-friendly deal, gets an offseason procedure done on the hip to repair it, takes some time, they stash him on long-term IR, and then he comes back, similar to how Tampa and Vegas have done over the past couple of seasons. That could be an option, but we will see. But moving towards the kids, Alexei Lafreniere is an RFA. He has not shown what you want to see from a first overall pick. But when you look at his stats, they progressed year over year. Power play time slowly brought up this year, and he produced his career high in points. So he is progressing. He does the little things well. He just doesn't have that game-breaking skill that you anticipate a first overall selection to have. But when I look at the Rangers cap situation, it does not make sense to me why they would move him. You have somebody like Gaudreau who has a moderate no trade, move him, get rid of the 3.6. But to sign somebody for a couple of years at two, you know, maybe a little under, a little over $2 million is something the Rangers can't just pass up at this current time with how cap strapped they are with their bigger names. Um, so when I look at Lafreniere, I don't see the reason to trade him. I think he still has room to progress. I think with a new head coach, which they will have next season, why wouldn't you see where that coach can take him? And for a team that is clearly looking for more production outside of their big names, because that was a real, real problem this postseason, why not see if your first overall selection can wind up giving you that? And I know that he had zero points over the course of the seven-game series. He was a complete non-factor. But at the same time, analytically, he was one of their better forwards. He carried the play. He didn't hurt the Rangers when he was on the ice. They just didn't score. So it was a complete neutral game at five-on-five five when Lafreniere played. And for a team that is rather lackluster at five-on-five, five, that is not something to uh, laugh at or something to squander, especially for a valuable player. So I would keep Lafreniere. I think that Lafreniere is definitely a player that they can build around. I think that he has potential. I don't think he's going to live up to the Jack Hughes potential. But he does have that potential to reach the 60-70 point guy and be somebody who's responsible on both sides of the puck. Similar to Capo Caco, who has all the skill in the world, man. I, we've watched him for three-plus seasons now. The things he does with the puck, protecting the puck in the corner, cutting to the net, you know, he, he's one of the better possession players uh, for the Rangers and throughout the course of the league, really, when it comes to possessing the puck and not giving it up, holding it and trying to make plays. His problem has and continues to be finishing. Um, the finish forward can't finish, which is ironic. But when you look at his game, his overall game is pretty solid. Defensively, he is one of the more reliable defensive forwards on the team. I mentioned his puck possession. And he's somebody that the Rangers need to kind of tap into his full potential, get his confidence up. Uh, it's, it's hard to do, especially when he's not seeing the puck go into the back of the net, but he has to realize his shot is really good. His playmaking is really good, and he has to have that confidence that he will score, that he can make goals happen for himself and create for his teammates as well. I, I think that they have to mix them into the top six in some way. Panarin wound up slotting down to the third line during the postseason. I don't see that happening um, at the start of next season, but I can see some sort of mix and match with that 
Uh, maybe Edel gets bumped up to 2C, Trocek to 3C. You, you scramble around some of those big names and mix in the kids into the top six and the top one, two power play units a little more so than they did last season. To me, that is something that the Rangers need, and that is something they have to do in order to have success next year. When you look at the outlook of the rest of the league and especially the Metro division, the Devils are going to be a problem for the next several years. They're young, they're talented, they're fast. The Rangers don't necessarily have that speed game. So for the Rangers to have success, they either need to go out and acquire some speed, which is hard to do with their situation and all the no movement clauses that they have throughout their lineup, but it's also something that they have to infuse some youth. I don't think Brennan Othman's going to be ready next year to come in and kind of slot into that, you know, top nine winger position. And I don't think they should do that either with how they've kind of rushed other prospects and Lafreniere and Kako in, not giving them a chance to really develop uh, in the AHL. I think Othman needs some seasoning. If he starts to light up the AHL early on, then you can call him up and give him a look. That's another cap controllable player. But for the Rangers right now, it's it's more so focusing on the youth, focusing on the opportunity to kind of put these guys into a spotlight where they can have more success. You look at Ottawa and Tim Stutzla, he was put into a situation where he was top minutes every night, top power play, and of course his numbers are going to reflect that. It allowed him to develop, allowed him to gain confidence, and now he's a 40-plus goal guy. And I'm not saying that Lafreniere is going to be a 40-plus goal guy, but he hasn't had that same opportunity. And it gets to the certain point where if you're not going to give him that opportunity, you do need to see some more from him in the minutes he's getting. It's not like he's just sitting on the bench and playing with, you know, the fourth line guys. He's playing with two elite, talented kids who all have to sort of find their way in the NHL. So maybe scramble those kids around, let them play with people who are already established, give them a chance to maybe play on the top left wing on his natural side, something along those lines where he can get that confidence playing with a guy like maybe Mika Zibanejad uh, on, on his center. Uh, maybe Kako goes on to that top line as well and you have Kako Lafreniere and Zibanejad as your first line let them all kind of mesh together so that's something they're going to have to mix up and that's something that the next coach that does get brought in is going to have to establish early on uh, in his tenure is the utilization of the kids we've seen that be a problem over the last two seasons with Gallant we saw David Quinn who was brought in to develop kids not necessarily have that success with the Rangers so we shall see what the next coach brings But yeah, it's it's definitely a tough time to have a positive outlook um, next season for the Rangers. This one seemed to be the most open, especially once the Lightning and Bruins got eliminated. The Rangers had a chance to win game seven, had a chance to go to Carolina, who they've had success against. Uh, they have confidence playing that hockey team. They couldn't get the job done. And uh, you look towards the future and there's a lot of pending free agents this season, a lot of players that probably won't be coming back that they brought at the deadline. You have Lingren, who's a free agent after next season. Will they consider trading him? That might be a mistake considering how valuable he has been to this organization, but at the same time, a defenseman that takes the toll on his body that Lingren plays the game with is hard to sign to a long-term deal at 4 to $5 million a year. You want to have that cap space and cap flexibility too down the line, especially since you have Braden Schneider who can pop up, you have Nils, uh, not Nils Lundqvist anymore since they dealt him. You have Zach Jones, I meant to say, who they hope will pan out. Matthew Robertson, who they hope will pan out. And they have a couple of picks in this year's draft that they can spend on defensemen or forwards as well. Uh, it, it's certainly a, a tricky situation that they have to navigate. They have definitely cap-strapped themselves. I can't see any scenario in which Panarin gets dealt with that contract and a full no-movement clause, although – 
dealing Panarin, it's it's a good and bad move. Good move because you free up that much cap space. You allow them to build and and put some players in there who can drive play at 5v5, who can increase the team speed, who can have an impact on both the offensive and defensive side of the puck. But at the same time, replacing a perennial 90-plus point guy is a lot easier said than done, especially with the success that Panarin has had uh, in the regular season. But ultimately, it comes down to the playoffs. And right now, Panarin has not fit the bill of an $11 million guy in the postseason. And that is why there are some fans calling for them to move him. But at, on the other side of 30, with the contract that he still has, it is very, very hard to see that panning out. Uh, he's due $11.6 million through 25-26. So that is another three seasons of that contract before he reaches uh, UFA status. It's hard to see a team take on that, especially with the salary cap the way it is right now. Only expected to go up a million dollars next season. So after next season, if it goes up more, you might have a better chance at moving him. But like I said, it's definitely a, a tough scenario and a tough pill to have another team swallow in your favor. Um, so we will see what they are able to do with that. But yeah, that's the Rangers' outlook right now for this offseason. Interesting to see who they wind up bringing in as a head coach. I anticipate this kind of looming throughout the offseason as they do a diligent interview process. Uh, Chris Knobloch will be considered. Spencer Carberry, who's the assistant coach for Toronto Maple Leafs, might be considered as well. He's had a really good track record, won the AHL Coach of the Year. So interesting to see if he goes somewhere else. I know the Capitals were looking at him. If Toronto does decide to fire Sheldon Keefe, would they consider promoting him and taking him away from some other teams? Peter Laviolette, who the Capitals just let go, is another name that I would anticipate is heavily considered in this uh, coaching search. Mike Babcock has been thrown out numerous times by several high-ranking beat reporters of the New York Rangers that do anticipate he will be considered to the end in this process. Joel Quenville was an option, uh, at least from an outside perspective early on, but Larry Brooks of the New York Post wrote that he's not going to be considered for the job as he would have to be reinstated by the NHL and the Rangers are not pursuing that. So that's another name that you can cross off the list. But there are certainly four or five options that the Rangers have. It's not the coaching pool that you would like to have available to you when you're looking for somebody to come in and win now with a team, especially a team with the following and the expectations of the New York Rangers. If Mike Sullivan becomes available, that is somebody that has coached on Broadway before and might be able to fit that bill a little bit better. But like I mentioned earlier, that is not something that I anticipate happening. He seems to be involved in their team, involved in that GM search. And if a new GM comes in and wants him gone, that's a separate issue, but that's that's a tough person to replace as your head coach. Uh, Pittsburgh is in a situation where they have been stagnant, like I mentioned. So maybe they look to get a fresh voice in there, but and until he is let go of his coaching position in Pittsburgh, he is not a viable option and not somebody that the Rangers can thoroughly consider as their next head coach. But whoever does come in has a big task ahead of him, has to incorporate the kids. And when you look at this roster, the way it's constructed, they still have to win now. They have two or three more years of that win now mode before you have to get that complete reconstruction. Igor Shesterkin is making $5.6 million through 24-25, where he is due for a massive pay bay, a payday in 25-26 for his next contract. So you want to try to win over the next two seasons, and it's certainly going to be tough to do with the state of the rest of the Metropolitan Division, the rest of the Eastern Conference and League right now, and also with the cap situation not increasing at the rate they anticipated 
due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So a lot to look forward to this offseason. It's going to be hectic. It's going to be crazy. I'm sure there will be a ton of takes on Twitter, positive, negative, especially as they start to announce their decisions with the free agents, trades, and, of course, the new head coach. So stay here. We're going to have weekly episodes diving into what's going on around the team. I'm excited to launch this podcast, excited to be talking Rangers hockey with you guys again, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this offseason plays out.